Welcome to another episode of Three Men and a War Game. And we're gonna light some tires and burn some fires or something? <laughs> uh, I, I guess. Uh, we're already off to a strong start. Yeah, you didn't even tell him who you were. Shit. Wait 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 a way to mess it up there, buddy. I was I was just so excited about burning You're tires. Jumping the sh- firing. Well, we're what, we're and... almost two years in. You're jumping the shark already. You forgot to say. Right? Well, I'm you Paul. know, I'm, I'm also. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm Paul. <laughs> Hi, Paul. And 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 I'm holding what up until about two seconds ago was a very blonde Wookie. Um, hi, I'm I'm Kevin, and I am uh, contrasting. Uh, I'm I'm Potter, and I'm whatever the opposite of contrasting is. Because I don't have any. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not cool like you kids. I didn't get the new. I didn't get the new shiny toys. Well, we're here to talk about them. The first hobby progress, especially after that very weird something intro there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hobby progress, uh, none for me. Uh, I spent a very busy week at work, and I spent a very busy week with the kids. Uh, Rant was attempted to run some demos uh, with the local gaming stores here this past Thursday, but sadly it was... AC went out in the building, so I just think people were walking in and then walking out. So. Yeah, I don't like playing games without the AC. Yeah, on. especially when they're in like very grumpy. Yeah, and especially when it was in an area where there was like it was the D and D night, and there was probably like maybe thirty people there playing D and D. Plus, there looked to be some like LARP event going on in the back. So yeah, it was just. It was overly crowded as well, too. But not with the right kind of, you know, audience. All right. Well, um, hobby progress for yeah, me is... Yeah, my, my, kid, my kid... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I say hobby progress for me. I've uh, played a little bit of uh, Song of Ice and Fire uh, and also painted some Song of Ice and Fire minis, which we'll get into shortly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last week my kid graduated from high school, so it was all about doing stuff with the family. Um, so my hobby progress was pretty low. All right. Well, low output week. I I did get to play a game of A Song of Ice and Fire, though, so that was kind of cool. So, uh, how did that go for you? Uh, I got my ass handed to me. (laughs) Who'd you, who'd you play? Um, uh, Free Folk. Uh, which I I kind of I, I I messaged you guys early on that uh, I didn't think the free folk were going to be too easy to learn, uh, like not not just a, a move forward and do your thing, and that there's going to be a lot of thinking on how they function, and uh, that game confirmed that thought for me. Um, and that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they uh, partially turn movement into wins. And also, um, basically, for most of the units, one unit at a time is not going to be enough to kill things. Yeah, no, you got a combo up. Yeah, other sure. than the giant, but even the giant, if you can, if you can combo a giant and uh, a fairly strong unit, you could uh, probably do a whole lot more. But yeah, so that was that was pretty much my week as far as that goes. Nothing, nothing so who, too crazy. Who'd you play was, into? 
Uh, played into Night's Watch, oh, okay. who I now hate officially. Because I tell you, I probably, probably killed two, at least two, two to maybe three trays worth of models, and realistically didn't remove a single tray off the board. Yeah, I was watching a battle report with him today, and the the Texas card of uh, my my watches ended is really good. Yep, and on top of that, Amon and all that other stuff, and the the conscript, John Snow. Uh, yeah, so it was it was pretty brutal. So it was it was it was eye awakening, um, but yeah. So I mean, but it was fun. It was still a fun game. It was it was also one of those things where the the scenario was perfect for Night's Watch at that point as well. Uh, it was the I think the Feast of Crows with the the piles of bodies, um, right? So there was like no objectives to hold on to or anything like that. So it was just that's just the one kill the other guy. Yeah, that's the one where um, as you fail or and or pass morale checks, you become worth more victory points or something like that too yeah so when you die you become become another pile of bodies something like that yeah but yeah so that was that was my week cool cool so uh so what are we talking about today guys so we're talking about uh the 800 pound gorilla in the room uh that probably every podcast youtube channel everything on earth is talking about with regards to the hobby and that would be citadel contrast Yay. Yay! Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't the, get the any. Long-awaited <laughs> magic bullet, right? Uh, or, or maybe not. Uh, maybe magic-ish bullet. I think is probably the tagline. But um, one thick I, coat. Yeah, one thick coat. That's what they say. Um, so Potter, you don't have any, so you'll probably just be asking us questions uh, and uh, providing the old curmudgeon attitude that we know and love. Um, but mm-hmm. Paul and I, Paul and I did free, get our sir. hands on some. I know, I know. Uh, Paul and I did get some. I actually, uh, I had a lot of store credit at one of my local game stores, so I went hard in that I, I, I didn't want to just get a bunch of paint for free, so I went up to my store credit amount and then doubled it. So basically, I, you know, I spent my store credit and then uh, that much on top of it in contrast. So I ended up with uh, ten contrasts. Uh, a, a rattle can of the primer, a uh, a shaker pot of the primer, as well as a, a bottle of the medium. Um, so I have a lot of contrast right now, uh, and I've spent some time with it. Yeah, you do. That is quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I I got five pots and a uh, the the gray sear primer spray because I wanted to see if there was anything special about it. Uh, I mean, it's really nice. I'll say that it like. It's a very flat, matte, very uh, well-covering spray rattle bottle. Um, I've had no complaints with it. It actually, and and the color is actually really good as a as a primer color too, because it's almost white and a little blue, but it's not white. Yeah, I uh, it's just you know ever so slightly blue, but I I um I. You know, I'm, I'm remiss to spend twenty dollars on a rattle can more than once. Just it's just so much money. But on the other hand, you know, if yep. you don't have an airbrush like I do, because I'm going to be mixing gray sear airbrush, uh, basically airbrush paint on my own with the the thick base. You know, just the standard pot after the after I use the rattle can. But I will say that the rattle can is. I mean, if you're willing to pay eighteen bucks for it, it is. Uh, very high quality and it, it 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 it's an exact color match to what's in the pot too so that's also 
worth noting because some of the Citadel spray paints are not exact matches to their color, whatever. Um, yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm right there with you. Uh, other than the curiosity of seeing what makes it contrasty, I don't want to spend that much on primer to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, no, I'll just pri- I'll yeah. just prime it through my airbrush with the base coat, but. Um, go, going from there though, um, what are your initial impressions, Paul, but just like positive or negative, what are, or maybe a little bit of both? Well, I mean, they're easy, they're, they're easy to use on some levels, but on some levels they are Difficult not as use. easy as you would hope. Yeah. I, so for me, I, I would, yeah, I, I'd say they're much better than I expected. Um, but also I think that the marketing is all wrong. Uh, and we'll get, we'll get into all that too. Um, well, let's take it one step at a time. Uh, and I'll start by saying what I've painted so far. Um, and so I've, if you're familiar with the, a song of ice and fire miniatures game, I've had a bunch of these models just kicking around in my basement for a long time. And there's been a scene popping up in the town I'm from, um, ever since Adepticon happened. And since there's the scene popping up and since I had all these models, I thought contrast paints would be a perfect way for me to be able to just plow through a bunch of miniatures. And I, since the Kickstarter, I kickstarted it and then never played it. And they're just sitting in my basement. I had a bunch of Boltons. So I am painting my Boltons. Uh, and so far I've done six Bolton cutthroats. I've done uh, at least one of every sculpt, uh, including the... Uh, the special attachment guy whose name is not coming to me right now. But um, so I've got all those done and I'll have some pictures of them that you guys can look at at the Twitter uh, on our Twitter account as you're listening to this um, so that you can see. And I'll take some pictures from different angles. Um, And these are painted with 100% contrast to this point. And I've spent about, uh, I would say, depending on the model, between 25 and 35 minutes per model. And I think I can confidently say that the result that I've gotten in 20 to 25 minutes minutes per per model would have taken me three to four hours per model with traditional methods. So, uh, and you know, I'm admittedly not a super fast painter, but these things enabled me and gave me a little bit of confidence to speed up and and, and move through them such that I can cut my speed uh, considerably. Um, So thus far, pretty impressive. I got some of the Lannisters out because I wanted to try a red on them. Uh, just just the Lannister sword, the guardsmen or the swordsmen or whatever they're called. So I got some, some red and some, some gray on them to kind of mess with the non-metallic metal and just kind of see what it is. They're not done like yours are. Um, and then I also, to test out fur and flesh tones, I pulled out the Free Folk uh, Cave Dweller Savages and uh messed with their their fur their the fur pelts that they're wearing as well as the the large amounts of arm and leg flesh um to to see how those those worked and uh today i was testing out some fur options slash techniques uh using this paint on the wookies from uh uh, legion so just trying out some some weirder things with that and just seeing what happens and and all that stuff i figure i can always strip them if i hate it yeah for sure going through a little bit of an experimental run and and seeing uh but i mean my initial thought on them is that if nothing else um i never want to i i could 
I could use contrast to paint flesh for the rest of my life and be perfectly content. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. Yep. Yeah, I was, the pictures that Jim posted up of his giant for his free folk that he did with his uh, flesh, I'm not sure what tone he used, but the flesh on that looked really, really good. He's using the Guileman flesh, which is the same one that I've been you using. Guileman flesh. Gil- yeah, Guileman flesh. Whatever. Guileman. Guileman flesh. <laughs> uh, after the damn Primark, man. Yeah. The so Guileman flesh is really good. That's the one I've been using too. Uh, um, I, I so yeah, I, I I like the I like the ghillie suit flesh. <laughs> ghillie suit it comes flesh. out really right, well. Ghillie suit flesh. Oh, it's official. Um, so we, ghillie suit flesh is good. The... It's a very very light skin Caucasian. I like it a lot. Um. So I think though we should you know just start talking about things that we've um, things that we've noticed while we're painting and and the first thing that I want to say is that you know they they talk about one thick coat on uh, on the in the Warhammer material right the Games Workshop material and I I take issue with that because the idea of doing one thick coat the whole marketing message behind it is just like slather it on the model right and no part of my experience with it has led me to believe that if you just slather it on a model, you'll be successful because there's a couple things you can't do with this paint. One, one of the things that you can't do is be extraordinarily sloppy um, because this paint, all, every color, every color of this paint is extremely translucent and every color will show through other colors. Like you can cover some mistakes. Like if you get some of the lighter colors and you're going to go over with one of the dark Browns, it will obfuscate the lighter color a lot. But the thing about it is if you get like the, the pink down or one of the purples and then you try to do a lighter color over it, the purple is going to show through. So the only way to correct mistakes is to paint over with the base coat. Um, right. And, and my first thing, the first thing that I did with the Lannister, well, I guess they were the second things I painted. Um, but painting with the Lannisters is that I, I, I really wanted to try the red and then um, – you know, all of the lines that are on their flags and on their chest pieces and stuff. I was like, oh, I'll go over that in, in the yellow. Because, I mean, you can do that a couple, you know, a few strokes and, and you get it thick enough and you can get the yellow on top of the red. And that's not going to happen no, on this. That definitely not. Um, heck, I mean, even, even trying to do the lighter gray over top of the red, you can't do. Yeah, there's no way. You you have to paint those colors before the red. You have to do, you have to think of it like watercolor uh in that the lighter colors have to be laid down and then you have to work up to dark or work down to darker tones it's the opposite of painting with standard acrylics right you're not starting it's very counterintuitive and and for and for me kevin i tend to be a sloppy painter so i tend to have stray brush strokes Mm -hmm. and when you get that red on top of that yellow there's no way you got to start over yeah you do so you need you need good brushes you need brushes that aren't going to be frayed at all yeah and see that makes it feel like it's it's I really feel like the marketing on this has been like one of two things. It's all, it's been about getting unpainted models off of your shelf. I think that's been their big push, but also at the same level, like it feels like they're trying to push this as like, Hey, if you're a beginner, don't worry, use these, get an army painted, get it on the table. But it's from what you guys are saying, it's sounding like, because it's not very, uh, you know, sloppy conducive, it's not going to be good for beginners because most beginners are sloppy when they're painting. They're not, I, they don't I, have that precision. They don't have that brush control down. So what I think it is though, is I think beginner painters, they have to, that you have to learn how to paint with contrast. That's the thing, right? Like I, and I just had, you know, I have the luck of having hundreds of hours of brush time. 
Uh, and also I, I was, I had watched a lot of tutorials of people using it. And so my initial instinct was not to just, you know, glob it into my brush and then slap it on the miniature. I, I've treated, I've only painted with it so far. Like you, you watch these guys online, they're using like the Citadel medium base brush, which is like a size three round brush. Um, and I'm still using zeros and ones. Uh, and I'm also dipping my paint in, into the pot uh, and putting it onto my wet palette and rotating the, the excess out of the bristles, right? So, which is, and I, I'll say that I don't, I don't pull as sharp a point as I do with acrylics and I load it up closer to the ferrule than I do with regular acrylics because the paint runs off the brush really quickly. Um, but right. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not though globbing it on the brush. Like I've seen people, they just take it and it looks like you can just see fat globs on the brush and they're just like mixing around as if they were like using like a dip method with a wash. Do you know what I mean? Just like, I don't care how much I have on my brush. Cause I'm just going to slop it all over the place. And, um, I, I haven't tried that because intuitively to me, it, it doesn't work. And I think, again, you can look at the pictures that I've taken. And I think that the approach that I've taken with the paint thus far, which is treating it more like a regular paint and being precise about the application really is the way to go. Um, and you can get, like, and yeah. you've seen them, right? You can get pretty good results, uh, with very minimum time. Yeah. And see, I've always treated, I've not been that person. I used to be that person, you know, that glob the inks on. And, and for certain paint jobs, that's okay. But I've actually gotten to the point where I treat inks where I'm just painting it on. So it, it honestly sounds like I could use the same, you know, process that I've been using for my inks for years now. I, with I would this say, it's, or this I paint would say as well. it's, it is exactly like that. And I think that a lot of people are going to get a lot of mileage out of these paints using them as inks and glazes. Yeah, because yeah, I, that's I think that's definitely where they're going to be. Uh, um, what, be and that's yeah, like an advanced. And see, I live and die right? by my size. Yeah, I was, what I said was I live and die by my size too. Windsor Newton brush. So like, would how do how do you think that would fare? I think a size two would be fine. I think it's again. I think it's fine. And if you're used to painting, if you're used to doing ink techniques with a size two, I think you'll be right at home. But the, the myth that I want to try to dispel is that you can buy these paints and then just like glob them on your models and expect them to work magic. Because what's going to happen is just like what happens with a, a shade, it, because these actually, I feel like they dry faster than shades. And you're going to end up with tide marks and like ugly splotches on your on your models if that's the way you do it. Whereas if you use a more careful approach, um, you will get consistent results. Um, and again, you can look at my minis. I'm not just talking out of my ass. You can look at the pictures that I've taken. So another thing that I want to illustrate with these paints is that a lot of times, and I think everything that I've seen online and all the people demoing it, they put single layers of this paint on and then they're like, here it is. This is what these paints can do. And I'll tell you, when you look at the pictures that we're going to have posted, all of the non-metal metallics and all of the pinks are two layers. So the non-metal metallics are two layers of basilicanum gray, and the pinks are two layers of volupus pink. Um, because I didn't feel that there was a strong enough effect with a single layer. So I went, and, and I mean, it's funny because they're like one thick coat, and I went, I went back to standard Duncan two thin coats of this shit, and it looks really good. It looks like a very careful application of base coat, shade, and highlight. 
uh, with using two thin coats. So, and, and, to, and you don't have to be as careful, right? Like you don't have to be as careful with it at doing the base coat and the wash. And then you don't nearly have to be as careful as you would having to do a whole edge highlighting process because it just works itself out. Um, and, and again, that's why I've been able to take what it was a three to three and a half hour paint job and bring it down to a half an hour. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff for it. I mean, it, it, it's, it does a great job of, uh, shading on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is, which is fantastic. Um, so, I mean, your fur and your flesh is, is great. I just, I'm just not sold on doing it whole models on that. I, I think, it, uh, I feel yeah, like... I, th- I think if you're going to do it, so if you're going to go 100% contrast and I don't think, again, I don't think 100% contrast is the way to go. I really, I really think it's somewhere in the middle where you're using contrast for some things and standard acrylics for others. And it's going to be like a blending of the techniques. But if you're going to go hundred percent contrast, I think what you have to do is you have to a choose your colors wisely and B you have to choose how and the order that you're going to paint them in on the models. Like you have to be pretty methodical about the way you're going to go across and you have to be pretty neat. Um, again, the models that I've painted so far are 100% contrast and I, and I have a goal of painting the entire army in hundred percent contrast because one thing that I have seen is an almost overwhelming amount of hate for these paints online, or at least like knee jerk hate, maybe not like actual hate, but people like, man, this is just that, or it's just this. Um, and I really would like to have a full thing so that basically, you know, if somebody comes up, some, somebody, they're, they're like, wow, these are cool. I'm like, I, I know they're hundred percent contrast. Like I painted them entirely with contrast paint. Um, because I think it, they're, they are a good product. I think overall they're a good product. Now, I don't think all of them are required for any given painter, but if you ask me if I could recommend them, I would say there are at least, at least of the 10 that I've bought, there are three that every painter should buy. What are those? So every painter should buy Gilliman Flesh, uh, Volupus Pink, and Snakebite yep. Leather. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll go over the reasons why. So Snakebite Leather... I've heard really good sin- things about the Snakebite Leather. <laughs> it's so good. All right, so thing one about the Snakebite Leather is the coverage is extremely consistent. Uh, so what it looks like is... So if you imagine XV88 with uh, Agrax Earthshade over it, that's what it does in a single coat. Like... It looks like XV88 with with uh, and that's and that's exactly what you get. If you want if you want XV88 with uh, with Agrax or shade over the top of it, all you need to do is put a single layer of snake bite leather over a model, and you're done. That's it. It's and it, it's like application perfect every time. I haven't had a single issue with it. Um, and if you double it, if you do two layers of snake bite leather, it goes to uh, just what I can't think of the name of the brown. That's just a little bit darker right now, but. It basically looks like the darker brown with uh, with Agrax over it, um, and it's it's great. It's um, it's really really good. And again, it's one of those ones where the coverage is extremely smooth and consistent. Um, and I haven't had any issues with pooling or anything with it. So highly recommended. Uh, we already talked about Gilliman Flesh. It's just full- the, the, oh, go ahead. R- r- real quick though, uh, while you're while you're talking about pooling, uh, one of the nice things about it is that you definitely can. Uh, use your brush if you are getting pulling to capillary action the paint off of the model. And it, yeah, just right, like and it, and it, right. And it, 
but it's but it's not like shades where shades if you don't catch it immediately like if you don't catch it immediately you're getting tide marks like coffee stain marks like a, you know what i mean like a coffee cup but there's mm-hmm. a, there, it's a little bit more forgiving if you can pick it up with the capillary action i'd say you have a, a bigger window to avoid the tide marks okay um and and gilliman flesh uh, uh, we've talked about it already but if you need a light caucasian flesh tone it's perfect in a single application it just looks spectacular like almost every time i've put a picture in a group on facebook someone's like what did you use for the skin tone like every it's just like it it's really good it's very good um so i can recommend that one and now volupa's pink is a little bit more of a weird recommendation but let me let me let me uh let me sell this one to you so if i told you that you could buy one pot of paint that would last you for a, for a specific type of application for the rest of your life. Would you be interested? Of course. Okay. Yes. So if you buy a pot of Volupus pink, you will never need anything ever again to paint the inside of mouths. Nothing. Because it is perfect. If you mm. put it on the inside of a mouth, it dries perfectly. It makes tongues look good. It makes the roof of mouth look good. It is perfect for that application and it is the only thing you'll ever need for it Uh, it also happens to look very good as the base for scar tissue so if you're going to do some scarification it makes a really especially if you put it over a skin tone it makes for a really dry crusty blood looking skin like tone over in a single application so i'd say it's a high endorsement for volupus pink it is a limited use paint. And I would say you'd even use it as a technical, right? Cause you're really treating it as a specific use case. But for that use case, like painting tongues, there's just nothing like it. It's so good. Uh, but, hmm. and, and though, no, you see, no, you sell me on that. So that's, that's like, that's like the, uh, the, the flesh of just being able to have something easy like that to be able to, to do that type of stuff, uh, where you can feel like you're saving yourself some time. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I always did the same thing. Like my current method has been carnal pink or what is that? The, is that the, the privateer press? Yeah. yeah. Carnal pink yeah, that's the with, pr- the, yep. with the red shade, the red Citadel shade, uh, over it. Carabelle um, Crimson. And, yeah, Caribou Crimson. That's been my standard for like inside of mouths. But Caribou Crimson is very thin and dries funny, and it, it doesn't always work properly. And sometimes I have to re go over it. But Volupus Pink, I've, I've tested it on five models, just the inside of the mouths, because I wanted to try it, and it's perfect. Um, and it's also what I did all of the uh, cloaks for my Boltons in. So if you're in a Song of Ice and Fire player, that's a whole other thing. But it's a perfect Bolton Pink. <laughs> fair that's fair yeah i, I was um, uh this is my only my only experience with boltons is with the uh the, the show so when you painted those pink i was i was very shocked yesterday <laughs> well i mean if you read the books that's the the color that it's supposed to be the color of like like bloody meat like flayed like if you imagine like they flayed a man right. and he was like bleeding over right. his muscle tissue that's the color that their tabards and stuff are so Oh, I mean, it it, 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 may, it makes complete sense, but it just like I said, like my only experience with it because I'm only in book one of the series, you know, right now. Yeah. So I haven't gotten that far where I've I've come across a Bolton yet. Yeah, I've actually I, I posted him, and a couple people were like, "Ooh, I love that book pink." <laughs> I'm like, "All right," because <laughs> they I mean, <laughs> they definitely look like they are described in the books, um, and I'm I'm pretty happy with the way that they've come out yeah. so far. But th- those are my my three like. 
easy. That's why. That's why I have a gray-haired Tormin. <laughs> yeah, right. Gray-haired Tormin instead of red hair. Yeah, you got to do that. But perfect, right? But anyway, those are my those are my like straight-up yep. recommendations. So some other lighter recommendations out of the colors that I got. So apothecary white. Um, apothecary white is another limited use paint and and here's the thing so far and i've only tried it in a couple applications so you guys i painted a stormtrooper and you guys saw it and i I think for a quick and dirty stormtrooper like if i just wanted to get legion models like table ready right and just like i wanted them so that i could play some legion and have some stormtroopers that look good it does provide some pretty decent drop shadows on that like laminate armor looks not bad but where this paint shines is actually gray hair. Um, it's hard to see. I'll try to take some close-ups of the people that I've done with gray hair and gray beards um, for my Song of Ice and Fire minis. But I'm never going back. If I need to paint gray hair ever again, I'm going to Apothecary White. Um, I, I don't know if I can sell this as hard as I would sell Volupus Purple or Pink because it's – I just – A, I love pink in general, but also the color is so rad. But – uh, Apothecary White has that same thing where it's got a very good special use and I think you can find other uses for it I think it's good for painting white in general but again painting gray hair it's it just looks really good yeah which is another one of those things that I've been looking for that's why I was messing with the uh, other color the uh, uh, Basilicon Basilicon gray I think uh, is a little bit gray. too much like null oil to, and that's really what it is like I'm actually interested in doing some tests with non oil to see how close it is to basilicanum gray because it's very similar it's pretty close i mean it's that one as hair gives you a little more somebody who's who's still got salt black and pepper yeah right yep yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what it is uh, which which don't get me wrong there's a place for that i have yep. a very nice salt and pepper looking wookie on my desk now um yeah but, for sure and i think that, know, that that's i think that'll work but if you not, want like like old man gray, like it, the basilicon yes. white or apothecary white, sorry, is perfect. So, yep. so you, so you painted those stormtroopers with that apothecary white. Is that what you used? Yeah, yeah, I used apothecary white over the entire surface, and then, and then I did selective applications of black templar in the areas, the re, the black areas. So you did like you did like pen washing with the black templar in those recesses. No, no. Well, pin wash. I mean, I did. I, so if you look at a stormtrooper picture, right, the areas that are supposed to be black, that's where I put the black, the, the, you know, like pin washing traditionally, I would think is like in all of the recessed areas, but for the most part, I let the basiliconum gray do the drop shadows in a lot of those areas. And the black is like just in the dots on the helmet, the eyes, the vents on the top in between the shoulder joints and the knees, stuff like that. Right. So, so everything in the, in the armor plating itself where the, the crevices are, that's all that, um, apothecary white. Basilicana or apothecary white. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. And yep. It's all very nice. Okay. Yeah. It looks, it looks good. I mean, cause you know, obviously I'm going to look for what I'm going to try and do my stormtroopers in and with as many stormtroopers as you need in that game, finding a quick method that makes them look good the way yours did is definitely something I want to invest some time in looking into. Yeah. So what I've spent, I've spent exactly nine minutes and 40 seconds on the stormtrooper right now. And I've been really interested in timing myself with these paints. So I've been doing it. Um, but I, I want to spend 15 minutes. So I want to spend another five minutes cleaning it up. Um, because I think another five minutes will actually go a long way. Um, but yeah, but I, again, I, I mean, I could paint theoretically, I could paint 
an army of stormtroopers in 10 minutes per model, which is <laughs> insane. I mean, that's, yeah, so that's painting, a, that, painting, that's painting a white used to be a thing that would like, yeah, I, I like, I would have, I would actively avoid painting white. Um, and now it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not a big, I'm not opposed to it if I'm going to use that. So I think those are my, my key recommendations right now. I have a couple other colors. I've got, uh, I've got Gore Grunts of Fur, which I also like actually Skeleton Horde, which is neat. Uh, Black Templar and Blood Angels Red, uh, and then also Wildwood, which I actually haven't opened yet. I'm planning on opening it, but I haven't done it yet, um, just because I haven't. The, blo- the Blood Angel story. Red is the but the is the one the that Blood I Angels used. Red is neat. It's uh, it's kind of like if you were. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that's the one that I used on the Lannisters. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's the... a great color. Um, it's just gonna cover everything else up though, as far as contrast paints go. Yeah. Oh I, oh, I also got Militarum Green and Ultramarines Blue, but I haven't opened them yet either. Um, From so, what I understand, that Ultramarines Blue is a little bit darker than what a lot of people have expected it to be. Well, the reason I bought it was because I've been playing a lot of modern games recently, like, you know, like modern stuff like Eden um, and things like Infinity and, the, even, and other stuff. And basically, any time that I want to paint denim... Uh, I think I'm going to try using the Ultramarines blue. That was the, I, as I saw pictures of people painting it, I was like, Ooh, that would look really cool as denim. So I think that's what I'm going to be using Ultramarines blue for. And then Militarum green just looks like a really good everyday green. So I picked that one up as well. Um, but I haven't tried them yet, so I can't really comment specifically on them, but, but to get to your point, Paul, and we talked about it a little bit, um we should mention right like some of the the weaknesses of the paint because we've gone on a a little bit in the strengths and and a a big weakness uh we already hinted at which is that that you have to be very careful with the application of it um so careful in fact that like you have to know how it's important i think and the thing that people don't realize is how translucent these paints are and they are so translucent that if you paint ultramarines blue, for example, and then you go over it with iandin yellow, the areas of overlap are going to turn green. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're they're going to do weird stuff because I got that iandin uh, yellow or however you say it. I can't say any of the names of these goddamn paints. Um, <laughs> and, and the uh, uh, dark angels red. I think that's the only one that I can say. Um, and and I did that over it because I just wanted to see what would happen, and now it's just, just basically just orange. It's it's not even orange. It's like it it's just it made it made a cool shadow. If I was trying to make a shadow, it would have been worked out great. But it's it's this weird, uh, I don't know, blue green shadow kind of situation. Um, yeah, maybe it is an orange, just a really really dark like bruise. <laughs> yeah and and that's going to be the case with these paints you the areas of overlap i mean you have to be very tight with your brush strokes and i think what that means is these paints have a specialized per, uh, purposes and then b um if you're going to use them for non-specialized like if, if you're going to go for 100 percent, i think i got lucky when i picked the boltons i don't think that I knew going in that they were going to be conducive to doing 100% contrast. But I think if you're going to do 100% contrast jobs, you really have to select your army uh, to be able to, to be, you know, a good candidate for a hundred percent. 
uh, contrast coverage because you want to have areas where, for example, your bright colors run into leathers, uh, specifically dark leathers, because you can use like Gorgrunt of Fur as a dark leather and it'll cover pretty much any of the brighter, the brighter, very bright colors. Um, and you just have to like, you have to be actively thinking about the method by which you apply these paints. Um, and I think that makes them a little less beginner friendly than they're marketed as, which is really disappointing, I think, because they're sort of marketed as that thing, right? Like, oh, you're just like Chris said, you're just getting started Buy these paints. They're perfect for a beginner painter. And while I think they are good for beginners because they do the work of a lot of paints and they do it fast, right? It's very hard to argue that these are not good paints when I got six tabletop quality models painted in two or two and a half three hours right like that's insane but at the same time um i've been painting for a long time and i have pretty decent brush control so it, it's right you see and that's the opposite for me where sword. i've been painting i've been painting for a long time but i'm just sloppy yeah and see a lot of people well you know i know for the when they do get into painting like they're they're sloppy with like for me when i'm putting my first coat of paint on a model you know where i'm going where i usually try to work inside out you know so i'm not worried about the the slop the overlap when i'm doing it i don't really worry about it till i get maybe my second to, and sometimes even third color on the model like that's when i start you know going in with the brush control and trying to control things and get neat so like that's going to be difficult for someone like me get to get used to that and, and i know there's a lot of people out there that are like that you know where where they're not worried yeah. about that application on that that first paint because you know you could just cover yeah, it up. You, you have the only time that that's true still, Chris, is if you start with a very bright color. So I've been starting with pink. So I start the first color I paint on my Boltons is the pink, uh, because the pink is the one that I'm going to have to do the least corrections on. But the thing is, is if I get that pink in an area that I need to paint over, because I'm doing my non-metallic metals with the again i wanted to make these 100 percent contrast so my the way that i've chosen to do non-metallic metal is two coats of basilicum gray which actually is growing on me quite a bit uh as i put it on more models um but it, it, it doesn't cover the pink uh so i have to go back over with the gray sear if i get any of the pink in that area but if i get the pink in the areas that are going to be leather it doesn't matter at all the leather just covers right over it so the, 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 the lesson there is that you have to be – if your brightest color is your first color uh, – and the same with the skin tones, right? Like you can get the skin tones all over the place because pretty much whatever – unless you're painting a very dark skin tone, if you're painting a bunch of white dudes, then you can pretty much get that skin tone anywhere and whatever you put over it is going to cover it. Okay. But yeah, I think that's – that's the, the that's what I wanted to say with regards to you know your application and such. But – Again, you know, you, I, I can't stress this enough that you see a lot of people, again, one thick coning this paint because that's what GW tells you to do. Just don't listen to it. I think if you come into this product and, and you expect to be able to just slather paint, you're not going to be happy with the results. Um, but if you do use a careful application and you, you know, basically do, I mean, do I'm no expert, but if you do what I what I'm prescribing, which is not overloading your brush, treating it like standard paint. Like you can, like I said, load it to the ferrule, which if you're not familiar is the point where the bristles meet the metal of the brush. So you can load basically right to the ferrule and then you can twist the excess off 
And as long as you do that, the paint will just like, it's not quite like a wash, right? If, 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 and you can agree with me or, or not here, Paul, but I, I think it's somewhere in between a very thin acrylic and a wash. It doesn't act exactly like a wash, but it doesn't act, it doesn't act exactly like a thin paint either. It's somewhere in between the two of them. Um, again, I think more, more like a thick ink is, is definitely the way that it, it works. Um, and it like like Paul said, it responds to it, it even sometimes get that bit well. of gloss too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's one thing I was gonna say. Like where where I've seen a lot of people posting stuff up is they're very heavily glossed, and for a lot of people that don't know how to deal with that kind of gloss effect, don't don't know what matte varnishes are or things like that to to help dull that color down you know they're those are things that they're gonna have to learn it's it's again not just one thick coat because it's it's glossy and it looks it looks tacky sometimes in some of these pictures i've seen though where it's just like if you touched it you're you're gonna leave a fingerprint on it mm-hmm. well, yeah that's how my my wookie that i did in gorgrunta is i mean he's shiny like he's gonna need a, a a matte varnish over top of him to come down. But now the ones that I did in the in the ghillie suit flesh, they are not shiny. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah, ghillie suit flesh is definitely the uh, the highest recommended. I mean, paint, but it's though. it's it's still got. I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm I've popped on the Discord and I'm looking at it right now. Like where where it's gathered a lot in in some of the bit, the larger folds like even then there's still some shine on it like i i but i but now but now keep in mind that when i sent that that was still oh, wet okay. it's okay. since dried and there's a di- like i and that's what i was just looking at i'm going man this this uh Gorgrunta guy he's taken a while to to dry compared to the ghillie suit but it's now they're they're both dry and there's a definite difference is the Gorgon to the last one that you just posted? Uh, that may have been the Gorgunter over yellow. Uh, no, this one was Chewy, not the. Oh no, no, Chewy, Chewy, Chewy! I did with the uh, with the ghillie okay. suit. It's just two two coats of ghillie suit. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I think it. I think it came out right. I mean, ghillie suit and Gorgunta are kind of close in color. And I was telling you guys this the other day when I when I first started messing with it, uh, which is where I kind of saw some of the, the interesting things about these paints, is that initially putting, I put Gorgrunta on my Cave Savages and then started doing the Ghillie Suit Flesh. Um, and they were so close when I first started putting them on there that, that I really thinned out the flesh. And and what's what I think is interesting is that the the uh, undercoat, the grayish gray sear actually kind of lends a tone uh, to the ghillie suit flesh. I don't know if you found that or or not, chops, but yeah, I think that that is correct. Yep. Um, and, and I'm I, the one thing that I think I'm regretting is not picking up the other base coat uh, and only getting the gray sear because I'm not going to be able to to. Uh, compare the two of them um but ah uh, man yeah the ghillie suit flesh over grace here looks real good stop stop encouraging him no i mean i mean in in all honesty if i don't use contrast paints like much two things that i can say that i will definitely continue doing is using grace as my base because i really mm-hmm. like that as a base Mm-hmm. and ghillie suit flesh yeah yep 
just because again, it, it goes think, on so well. It looks like you spent hours working on it. Yeah. Um, I, again, I think you should get Volupus Pink as well. Um, and I think Apothecary White's also probably mm-hmm. worth the, the cheddar. Um, and I, you know, I'll, re- I'll return back with more impressions as I try more things. Um, but it's going to be, I'm going to have, like, I've got a, basically a stable of, of, uh, nine colors that I'm using on these, uh, these Boltons. And it's probably all I'm going to be using for a while. Um, just cause I, you know, I set my painting goal to do 10 points a week for this game. So I'm going to be going to be painting these guys like mad nuts for a while but you know i'll keep reporting back as to what i find with these paints no not shops have you had a chance to throw the the primer that's in the pots have you had a chance to throw that through an airbrush yet yes uh yep i airbrush primed um so i'll take a picture i got a limited edition ruse uh, at the play night that I went to for Song of Ice and Fire night the other day, and I put I primed him with the airbrush just to see what it looks like, and it's, I mean, it, when I say identical, it I mean it looks exactly the same. Like the airbrush prime looks exactly like the rattle can prime. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's good to know because I need to do some touch-ups. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, dude, and... that lion on your flag. Just if you just paint over it with the gray sear. Um, you'll be able to go back over it with the yellow, and you'll never know. I'm serious. Yeah, that's that. That's actually kind of what I'm interested in in seeing how that comes out, and I'll update that on on the next episode. Uh, I just felt like I spent so much on paint over the weekend, I couldn't justify the extra money on that pot. Yeah. Yeah. It. it I've done it already. I've already. Like. I. I've used it. I. I would say at least once on every model. I've had to take a dab out of the Gracier base pot and just correct a small mistake that I made in my brushwork. Um, and it, it works like a charm, man. Well, that's good. That That's really good because um, for me to use the contrast paints, I think that's going to be a, a normal thing. Yeah, uh, but I will say until this, I get though, Until I get used to being, being if, careful on... I'll, I'll say this: you know, If you make any mistake on a, on a on a color section, you can't gracier the area. Like where where I've put gracier has been like I've been working on like the <clears throat> I've been working on a coat and I've gotten some of the paint that I'm working in in an area that still has gracier on it, but is gonna have another color. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like. I've pushed it onto an area where a shoulder pad is. I've pushed pink onto a shoulder pad and been like, whoops, I got to put some gray sear on there before I put the basiliconum gray on. What right. I will say, though, is that if you make that, if you make the other mistake, which is to get a color into an area that you've already done, you're fucked. You just yes. have to repaint the whole area. Like, that's a, well, that's yeah, a yeah, major yeah. I, I, I know I'm going to need to, and that's, and that's what I want to see how much of it. Uh, you know, can I can I just go in that one spot and do the the gray, or do I have yeah. to do the whole thing? Not the whole you model, know? but you have to do the whole area that is that color for sure. Because you like a wash, you can't do a small section and then have it blend into the part you painted before. Not not at right. least that I've seen. Right. So you just have to paint. So if you do it on right. and, and, and right? part of the you, idea of these paints is that as they as they layer on each other, it creates the tone. Right, so if you're doing the gray and then you're getting off onto other spots, those other spots are naturally going to be darker because they're they're multiple layers now. Right. 
Yeah, but in, the, the, the key thing is, though, that, you know, once you get into the smaller areas, you have to be careful. You have to use careful application of the paint. Which can be a challenge since these are inky. They are. They're pretty inky. Yep. But again, they're not, they're not as, I, I, they're not as, um, they're more, I said they're more viscous than a wash. Um, not a ton more, but they are more viscous than a wash is. Uh, and you, and you have some control. And again, if you use a fine tip brush and you don't overload it, you can get pretty good control. Uh, and again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can look at the models that I've painted on Twitter. They're again, they're not going to win any awards. Like I'm not going to submit these and get probably even best painted for them. But what I will get is recognized for having a decently painted tabletop standard, like from three feet away, they're going to look super good. Right. Um, exactly. And, and, that, and, that, and, and that's, that's what they, these are for. And yeah. And that's what I want out of a half hour paint job. If, if I can crack out a, an army's worth of Bolton's, uh, in a month without it feeling like I had to spend all my spare time painting. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in for this paint all day. Yeah. I mean, after, after seeing your, your stormtroopers, uh, it's, it's got me wanting to go pick these up as soon as I can. Cause I, I feel like I can get the majority of my imp army done, you know, in a weekend, it looks like it, or oh, it feels oh, dude, like, a, are you kidding me? I could do, I could paint every stormtrooper I own during like while watching tropic thunder um well i like, own i own quite I used, a bit of stormtroopers <laughs> i used two colors man i used just apothecary white and black templar it's two coats of black templar on the gun the one coat of apothecary white over the model itself and then just like i like you said those careful applications of black into the like nooks and crannies um and it, it dude, it's a, a 10 minutes a piece man you're talking about a, a squad per hour um so, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, have, and uh, so have you it, have you met dealt with any like the like the beige kind of colors like the like a Menoth white? I don't know what they the, I, mean, I don't know what they do in the so, contrast realm. I so I don't I don't necessarily know if there is anything that's quite like Menoth white, um, but I will say that apothecary white is a very good shadowed white. Well, I'm more looking for like you know uh, snowtroopers for the cloth, so something like uh, like. Uh, Xandry dust. Oh, I would thin out skeleton skeleton horde. Okay. I would just I would take skeleton horde with the medium, so I'd get some medium on my palette and I'd put the skeleton horde on it, and then on my palette I would fan it. I would I basically fan the skeleton horde into the medium, um, and make like a thinner color. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then that's what I would use for sure. I think that would actually look really good too. Gotcha. You know, the other thing I'm wondering, since the other, the non-gray sear primer is more of a yellow tint, if you did uh, with your airbrush the, the, what is it, Wraithbone, it's kind of yellowy, if you yeah. did Wraithbone and the spots that you wanted to have more of that yellow color and the that gray sear in the rest, uh, and you, you do them as those thin coats and, and that Wraithbone lending its tone uh to the apothecary that could that could work too yeah i'd have to look i know gw put out that where they they like primed a bunch of bases in the different color uh primers and then they washed everything and they put that kind of chart out there i'd have to look at that and see uh but i think you might be right that that sounds like it should work yeah i think i think it would 
I think the Wraithbone's probably a good call there. Yeah, I think I got a. I think I got some ideas outside of what I need for Night's Watch, for ideas for what I'm going to do for Legion with my purchases. Yeah, and 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 so I think I think this pretty is a pretty good conversation. I think we've we've pretty well nailed um, the the gist of it. And and I think my the the thing I want to say that like basically the the summation of all the things all my thoughts on contrast color are that uh, it's. Every, I think it's going to be a toolbox in every painter's arsenal. From beginners to advanced painters, you're going to find a use for some of these paints. Um, what I'll say is that based on, you know, look at the paints and then, you know, pick a couple that you think will work out for you and just pick them up and experiment with them. I think experimenting with them is the best thing you can do. Uh, but again, it's an easy recommendation for Gulliman Flesh, Snakebite Leather, uh, and Volupus Pink from me. I think any painter can pick those up with confidence and get really good mileage out of them. Um, uh, you know, actually, I want to add one other thing. And the thing that I want to add is that you can't look at these pick paints in a pot on a shelf and know what they're going to look like on a model. <laughs> that um, is true. So try to do some research before you go into the store. Find one of those pictures that has swatches so you can see what these colors look like when they paint on and dry because not a one of them looks anything like it looks like in the pot not at all so that's the other recommendation that i can give is just do some research look at some pictures online of what they look like when they're dried and pick the ones that appeal to you yeah i think that's a that's a really good uh point is that it is not you 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 cannot know what these are going to look like because basilicanum gray i mean when you look at that in the pot it's black yeah, they're they're so it's and the the base the base coat makes so much of a difference too, right? Like the color that you choose to put these paints over makes a huge difference. And here's another thing, these things just came out, right? Like, I, part of the reason that I'm trying to get so much brush time with them is so that I can be inspired to experiment with them and try things that people haven't done yet. Like again, using them as glazes, or just like using them as sort of a new style wash. Like, especially for doing things like candy colored metals um, or like uh, glazing a zenithal, uh, like a like and using zenithal in a, in a different way. Right. Like imagine if you wanted to have a, for example, like a space marine and you wanted that space marine to be pretty blue. Right. You could, for example, do a zenithal where you were using a very, very light blue. From or basically, you use a like a mid-tone blue for the whole base coat, and then zenithal a lighter blue over it, and then take the electric blue contrast and just paint a whole layer of it over the top, just to see how it like blends those things together. Like I think people are going to be doing some pretty neat stuff with this paint, and that's just like an idea off the top of my head where I was like, I wonder what that would look like, um, just to see if it gets any mileage at all. And I think that you know just like when anything new comes out, we're going to start seeing people do really creative stuff and figuring out really cool things to do with these paints or inks or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been watching a couple of people. Um, you know, I watched the video of Scott from Miniac that you posted up, but I've also been looking at uh, Pete, the war gamer, and he's been really kind of going out of his way to try and find interesting and new ways of doing things. You know, and I, I know in our, um, in our, uh, a song of ice and fire episode, we talk about, you know, doing that gold primer with, you know, that Blood Angels right over top of it, get that kind of Iron Man candy apple red look 
to those models and, and that's where i got that idea from was was from watching his video you know so there are you're right there are a lot of these people that are going out there they're like okay here's the kind of cool things that i've discovered using this paints and i, I think give it a month give it two months we're gonna have some really cool techniques out there from from a lot of these people that are innovative yeah. that are pushing you know these pro painters these commission painters they're gonna find some really cool things to do with these paints and, yeah. and, and i think i think some naysayers are gonna have their feet in their mouth uh, for sure. And that's just me playing with it with what I think is using them at, at like my prescription for using them. Right. Which is careful, thin applications um, or thin ish applications. Um, and and, and I found very good results that I'm very happy with. And I, again, I think I think people who know a lot more than me are going to find some very interesting things to do with them. Yeah, I mean, in, in I will say one point, like what, what Scott made in his his video, you know, he's not the target audience, you know, and I think he did a really good job of, of comparing and contrasting. He goes, here's what I was able to do it. Someone that's been painting since he was 10, you know, compared to here's my buddy. He just started painting last month and looking at those two different models. And I, and I think it, it points to what you're saying uh, completely chops is this is not a beginner friendly paint. It's just not. And GW is really marketing it that way. And that's a, to me, that's a bad thing. Well, I think it can be beginner friendly, but I think that, that the messaging is wrong, right? If you, if you're, if you're in for like recommending good brush control and cause you, let's put it this way. Like you can give an adult a coloring book, right? And if you give an adult an adult coloring book and a pack of colored pencils and you're like, press as hard as you can and move your pencil back and forth in the areas like, yeah, they'll get some, you know, blocks of color. Uh, but if you just give an adult <laughs> a coloring book and some colored pencils and give them some basic instructions for how to do light shading and how to make uh, colors and colored pencils flow in the same direction, like how to make your, your pencil marks flow in the same direction just that little bit of instruction, you can get some people making some pretty beautiful stuff in a coloring book. Okay. Um, and it, it's, it's much the same with these paints. Like I think that it's not so much that they're beginner. They're not beginner friendly. I think they're there is as long as that, that beginner has some, a little bit of proper instruction on how to use them. They're phenomenal. But the problem is GW's messaging, which is just one thick cloak, right? Like the ad just has like them like basically spraying down a model with blue contrast. And I, I just don't think that that works. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, the other thing, too, is that we've been painting for a long time. So I wonder if these things that kind of stick out to us as buggy uh, for somebody who doesn't have experience, if that doesn't bother them. Right. That's the other thing, know. right, is that a new person could just learn how to paint with these paints. And I do, and I think one of the comments that I heard someone make was like they were worried about painter skills stagnating by using these paints because they get used to the effect they can get and they're happy with it so they don't push themselves to learn more. Um, and I don't think that's the case either, right? I think even if you learned how to paint with these, you would still see other professional model painters and be like, wow, that's really good. How do I do that? And you'd start to learn how to paint with base acrylics, right? And the thing about it is I would say that even with painting with contrast, if you're going to do good contrast painting, the fundamental skill of brush control is fully translatable. Like the reason that I've been able to paint these the way that I have is because I have a pretty good uh, brush control skill that I've developed over the years of painting. Right. 
Um, and I, and if even if you learned painting with contrast, you still have to develop that same brush control. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, and it's also a different set of skills too. It's not yeah. necessarily even that they're they're not going to grow. They're going to grow within the confines of using contrast paint. Yep. Yeah. And Pete, the war gamer to mention has shown that using traditional methods, like after you do contrast, getting a close approximation like edge paint and doing edge highlighting pushes these paint jobs even further and makes them look even better. Oh yeah. I've, I've seen a couple of people that will go in there. They'll finish up. Um, there was one guy, a Swedish painter I was looking at uh, doing the same kind of thing. He was going through a lot of the different Marines uh, painting them uh, and he he did the same kind of thing. Like once finished, got everything on there, just going through on the shoulder pad and going and grabbing, you know, a couple bits of blue on an ultramarine and lightening it up and going in there and feathering in, you know, some paint on the shoulder pad to give it a little bit more of that that pop. Putting white dots on the edges of the armor plates to give a little bit more highlight pop. And it it really adds to that extra next level. Like you were able to get that model done, you know, lickety split, and then just spend maybe 20 more minutes, you know, 30 more minutes on it to give it that extra little pop to it and and make it you know just that much more and where it's just above tabletop yep agreed yeah so it's not like it's contrast and done you can you can use the this quote-unquote 100 percent contrast and still push the paint jobs further just treat them as like a very good base coat and wash now one th- one thing i will say though is that if you are painting a space marine you could potentially do one coat and done. Uh, yes, I think I think you can, but I think also again you have to. You could do one coat and done, but the thing is, is that very rarely is the Aquila the same color as the armor, and so you have to be very careful around that, if it, or else you have to go back over it with your base color, which is fine. Um, but the other thing is it will it this paint will pool if you're not careful with it which is why i keep right. recommending not getting giant gobs of it because it is going to pool up if you're not careful so even if you're doing a space marine you still have to think about it in sections right you got to go top to bottom and you have to do a section at a time so that you don't get ahead of yourself and let your model develop tide marks as you're going through because there are a lot of flat spots on marine armor and you know even mm-hmm. though some of them are ridged they're still you know very you know on the legs specifically lots of flat spaces on there and from what i've understood with this paint flat areas flat armor like vehicles and stuff like that is the bane of this paint it's the it's it is the bane i i think i found it very uh interesting that they chose intercessors to be the paint that they put this on everything because like if i'm being perfectly honest they should have used squigs or or like even skeletons right like some skeletons or uh mm-hmm. or shit skinks skinks would have been perfect like just using like show every show just a, a one thick coat on a skink for every color i think that would have been a much more uh telling example of the paint and, and Man, it you should made you should see come off in a better light you should see the Seraphon page since these things have released. I mean, it's just nothing but beautiful paint jobs. Yeah, I mean, I think Seraphon's the literally the perfect army. <laughs> if you were gonna, yeah, do and that, that's that's contrast, what somebody somebody they're... commented today. They had a they had a, a, a carnosaur that they had worked on for maybe about an hour, and they were like, "These paints were made for Seraphon." Yeah, I think yeah, they're they're perfect. 
I know a lot of uh, people were talking about some same kind of similar comment uh, that you made, uh, Chops, but more in that kind of that negative thing that we were talking about where there's a lot of people talking negatively about it is that, um, you know, yeah, these things look great on things like pox walkers and, and skinks or, or lizardmen and that thing. But like when you go to other, you know, more practical models are not looking uh, great because I know a lot of the GW videos that they've done have been intercessors. Most of them are because Marines are what they do. But, you know, a lot of these other learn to paint, like how to use this stuff has been on things that are very highly textured, like pox walkers, like lizardmen and things like that. And that's where I know a lot of the negative feedback. Yeah, and coming I can't on even say, but look at my Boltons because they're traditional models because the Boltons are highly textured, too. Like the right. I just happened to be that the models that I chose to paint have a lot of texture on them. The tabards have a lot of texture. The only flat spots, like I was able to use snake bite leather, which is like again a very good coverage. I didn't really have to worry about it very much. I would, um, I would like to see if you grab and since you have the paints, um, and, and I don't right now. I if you have any of your Starks not painted, grab some of your swords and see what swordmen do and see what they do, because there's not a lot of texture on those tabards. Yeah, I don't know what color I would choose, um, but yeah, I can give it a shot. Probably Space Wolves Gray. That or maybe... Yeah, I don't have that one. Maybe Griff Charger Gray if you've got that one. Yeah, I don't have that one either. Um, but, well, I mean, well, I'll, 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 I'll figure something out. I may be able to pick one of those up soon so I can try it. But, yeah, the... the I, and I'll, here, I'll, you know what I'll do, Chris, is I'll send you the back of a cloak so you can see what a less textured thing looks like. Um, but, again, you know, it... it I, yeah, it, I think it would look fine. I especially think Space Wolf's gray would do pretty well on those, uh, on those models. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I know I've already planned on doing a lot of, uh, mixed black colors for the Night's Watch when I go that route. And I, I know I'm going to be using some contrast in there to help break things up, uh, for that paint scheme. Um, but you know, my, unfortunately I've already got 10, you know, or 12 Stark sworn swords that are pretty much almost done painted yeah that in this traditional yeah, paint scheme you gotta so stick with it at this yeah. point not trying to strip them that's just too much work yeah no i, I just i just keep going that's what I, I mean that's what i'm gonna do my my raiders are all gonna be done uh non-contrasty and obviously my cave savages are they're they're gonna be a, a, a some of each yeah, I mean, um, I might try some of this stuff, like you know, um, like the Gorgon the Fur, and even the, the Agar uh, Agar Agarus Dunes or whatever that's pronounced. Ag Agarus Dunes. Ag yeah, yeah. I, might, I might try on some of like the horses for my uh, for my mounted guys. I might try those. Yeah, it's, I'm going to be using um, uh, Wildwood and Gorgon the Fur on the on the horse for, um, but yeah, for sure. Well, that cloak looks good. It's not as splotchy as I thought it was going to be see no my my lannisters that i did did not come out splotchy it actually actually what it ended up doing was kind of showing the slight changes in texture in the cloaks uh you, you know where you where you don't necessarily recognize it until you're painting it and your brush kind of picks up on it that's kind of what it yep. starts showing yeah i mean i'm looking at this back of this bolt so, that you just sent me and i'm like you know just take some just take some carnal pink some a little bit of like you know xandra dust dry brush highlight that cloak a little bit and it's just gonna it's just gonna sing that much more and be that much more of a beautiful model like it, Again, this is yeah, such a I, good I, start i'm not gonna disagree yeah i'm not gonna disagree and the nice thing about it is like it's already telling you where to put the paint 
that's the nice thing for the highlights. Yeah. Yep. 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 That is a hundred percent. That's the thing I didn't even think about is it guides you to where mm-hmm. you're going to highlight these, your models when they're done. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I have too much more that I can add at this point without having more time with him. But my, my, I think my final word on the contrast paints is that I, I can recommend the range and I can recommend it with the caveats that we've mentioned right already. Uh, and that I, I think that they will, I don't think I'll ever be a 100% contrast painter. I don't think that there, there's no way that I'm just going to like, it's not a magic bullet. I'm not going to throw my paints away. I'm not going to stop painting with traditional methods with acrylics. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up learning how to wet blend. I'm not going to give up learning how to paint non-metallic metal, which is the current thing that I'm working on. Like all of those things I'm going to keep doing. Uh, I'm just going to put these paints into my arsenal and I am going to use them where they're applicable. But I'm all, again, I'm also going to paint this whole army in hundred percent contrast so that I can, you know, basically put some hater feet in their mouths. Yeah. I mean, these Boltons look good, man. I mean, especially, I think once you hit them with a dull coat, they're going to pop even more. Yep. Burr. All right. Well yeah, then, uh, it. let's, let's, uh, let's start moving on to some final thoughts here on, on contrast paints. Chris, what are your final thoughts after listening to us talk about uh, these? I mean, from what you guys have been talking about, the pictures you guys have been posting that, that Jim's been posting uh, in the Discord and on Twitter, uh, I, I am excited to get my hands on it. I mean, I knew I wanted to try it. Um, you know, I, I just it just sucked during this pay period because of the state of North Carolina. I couldn't uh, <laughs> I couldn't afford to go get it. Stupid car registration. Um, but uh, next pay period, definitely looking to at least grab two or three. Um, specifically, probably more the Legion paints uh, to try and get more of my Star Wars Legion done. Uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful after seeing the pics you posted, Chops. Cool. All right. I'm glad. I mean, that's that's what I'm trying to do is show people that you can get good results with these paints. Is that your final thought, Chops? Yeah, that's my final thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, my my final thought is I agree with you, Chops. I think there's a place for these. Uh, I, For me personally, I don't think they're going to become the only thing I use. But I'm excited for for ghillie suit flesh at the very least. It's going to make my life easier. But yeah, so so heading out of this episode, uh, first things first, we want to thank Static as a City for the music at the top and bottom of our show. Uh, we also want to thank our patrons, um, and and we have some some pretty big big patron news. Uh, we've actually hit ten patrons, guys. Oh, wow. how, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the month, we had uh, two new two new pa- patrons, Ben Woodcock and Hugo Torres. Both both joined in and are uh, supporting us. Thank you, so guys. We want to thank them for that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. So that that puts us at ten whole patrons, um, and that's that's exciting. If you want to interact with us, we have a Discord link. Will be in the. Uh, uh, notes for the show. Um, we're on all these social medias at three men in a war game. It's the number, not the, or the, yeah, the number, not the letter or the words. And, uh, you can email us if you want, uh, three men in a war game at gmail.com. Anything else guys? Uh, I'm, for me. I'm working on the merch shop guys. I'm working on it. Got a lot of images I got to create to make this happen. So hopefully in the future, uh, you'll have some three men in war game merch coming your way. If you want to buy it, uh, it'd be great just put out there rep us it'll be awesome thank you all right thanks for listening thanks for listening
Chop chops. Chops. Yo yo. Bye. Yo. Bye. Yes. Bye. <laughs>